Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Rethink Life Church Online. My name is Michelle Gage, and I'm so excited today to be giving the talk uh, number three of our series called Habits of Happiness. It's been such an incredible series. And the first two weeks, we talked about Philippians 1. Uh, Paul, the apostle, wrote Philippians while he was in a Roman prison. And so these are letters that he wrote to the church at Philippi. And it's been such an incredible series just to think about him sitting there writing a letter about how to live the Christian life. And today we're going to be taking a section of his letter, which is Philippians 2. And we're talking about the humble path to happiness. You know, the Bible tells us that there is this path to happiness that we find in Philippians 2. And it's not exactly what you would think. You know, you think that happiness comes from wealth or relationships or having a certain home or maybe a certain job or that our kids would be perfect or everything would be going great in our life. But that's not the way that we truly find happiness. And that's not what the Bible teaches us about happiness. In fact, the Bible teaches us the way to happiness is through humility. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's so countercultural. You would, you would think that uh, that would not be the way that it is, but it is the way it is. It's through humility, because through humility we find harmony, and in harmony we find happiness. You know, I could be uh, laying out at the beach, maybe I'm over at Sarasota, Longboat Key, and, and I'm in a perfect place perfect happiness, beautiful, everything around me is surrounding me with beauty, the waves crashing in, but then I get in an argument with somebody next to me, and all of a sudden it can ruin my happiness, right? Because happiness is not based on circumstances, it's an inside job, and the Bible teaches us the way to happiness is through humility, which is just so strange when it comes to the way that our culture teaches us. Humility is actually the key to reducing conflict in our lives, and Paul lays out this amazing chapter, Philippians 2, on how to reduce conflict and have humility, and that this is the pathway to harmony in our lives. Uh, verses 1 and 2 talks about happiness comes through harmony. Verses 3 through 5, harmony comes through humility. And then verses 6 through 11, Jesus, how he modeled both in our lives. So we're going to dive in to this chapter. So it's kind of a long um, passage of scripture, so I'm going to read it to you now, starting with verse 1, Philippians 2. Does your life in Christ give you strength? 
Does his love comfort you? Do we share together in the spirit? Do you have mercy and kindness? If so, make me happy by having the same thoughts, sharing the same love, and having one mind and purpose. When you do these things, do not let selfishness or pride be your guide. Instead, be humble and give more honor to others than to yourselves. Do not be interested only in your own life, but be interested in the lives of others. In your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. Christ himself was like God in everything, but he did not think that being equal with God was something to be used for his own benefit, but he gave up his place with God and made himself nothing. He was born as a man and became a servant. And when he was living as a man, he humbled himself and was fully obedient to God, even when that caused his death, death on a cross. So God raised him to the highest place. God made his name greater than every other name that every knee will bow to the name of Jesus. Everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and everyone will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and bring glory to God the Father. What an incredible passage. You know, because pride gets in our way and pride always leads to arguments, Proverbs tells us in thir- Proverbs 13:10. But God's way is the pathway through humility and through harmony. Harmony creates happiness in our lives. There in Philippians 2.2, it says, you will make my joy complete by having the same mind, by sharing the same joy, and by being united in spirit and intent on one purpose. You know, Paul says that there's four types of harmony right here in this passage. The first one is mental harmony. He's saying if you want to have the same mind, then you're united in your thinking. Emotional harmony. He's saying, I want you to share the same love. Spiritual harmony. He's saying, I want you to be united in spirit. And directional harmony. I want you to be intent with one purpose. We're headed in the same direction together. This is the way that we have harmony in our lives. That's how we get on the same path together is by having mental, emotional, spiritual, and directional harmony as he talked about here in chapter two. Now I want to give you a warning right up front. Uh, Actually three warnings about this passage. I already said it a minute ago, but the first one that this is a hundred percent radical to what our culture tells us. It's a hundred percent opposite, basically, of what our culture tells us, what we find here in Philippians 2. And number two is what I'm going to teach you is not natural. It doesn't come natural to us to have a humble spirit. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. So number two, it doesn't come natural. And number three, because you're listening to my voice today, I promise you, you are going to be tested in this area this week. It's just the way it is. When we bring in the truth into our heart, into our life, we're probably going to be tested in it. And I can testify to that (laughs) because the more I learn about it, the more I dive into it, the more I am tested because I'm more aware 
of where pride can slip in to my life. So I want to grow. And I know you want to grow too, or you would not be here with us today. You know, we're all about engaging and growing and serving here at Rethink Life. And, and we want to have that growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We only have this one life to live, and we want to grow and be all that God has called us to be. So we grow through humility in our lives. So I want to talk to you about this passage, Four Habits That We Can Learn by taking the humble pathway to happiness in our life. Number one that we find in this passage is don't take the ride of pride. Don't take the ride of pride. Pride is the root of every sin. Pride is the sin that got Satan kicked out of heaven. You know, it's just one that comes natural to us. Pride is something that every conflict is, every conflict in our life is rooted in pride. And that's why it's so important that we understand this and that we don't hop on the ride of pride and let pride guide us in our life like this passage said. You know, the in the word pride, I'm sure you've heard this before, but right in the middle is the letter I. It, it's all about me. Pride is about me. In the middle of the word sin is the word or is the letter I. In the middle of the word crime is the letter I. It's all about I. So we can never let pride guide us or get on this ride of pride in our life. You know, but it's actually counterculture because our culture seems to highlight, seems to raise up those that are prideful and those that uh, are the most narcissistic, you know, that talk about themselves the most, that are demanding the most, and they seem to get the most press. Well, that's what our culture teaches, but the Bible teaches 100% different. In fact, Paul, sitting in a prison cell, writing this letter to the church of Philippi, he says, don't get on the ride of pride and don't let pride guide you. In Philippians 2, 3, it says, don't do anything from selfish ambition or from vain conceit right there in verse three. What is selfish ambition? Selfish ambition is saying it's all about me. James 3.16 says wherever there's jealousy or selfish ambition, you'll find confusion in every kind of sin. When it's all about me and when we're focused on ourselves, there's all kinds of confusion and frustration in all of our relationships. If we're focused on ourselves, if we have selfish ambition, when it's all about me. The second part of that is vain conceit. And that's when I'm always right. You know, we talked about this a few weeks ago about having the addiction to always being right. We don't have to always be right. We can get to where we are not addicted to always being right. That is vain conceit. I'm always right and you're always wrong. That's what vain conceit is. And we don't live to make a good impression on others is what the Living Bible says. Don't live to make a good impression on others. That's not what we're here for. We're here to share the love and the hope found in Jesus. But easily we can get on that ride of pride and make it about ourselves. That selfish ambition and vain conceit. You know, pride pushes us from others and it distances us from God. 
Well, we want to be in close relationship with people. That's the deepest desire, the deepest need of our life is to have relationship with God and relationship with people. But this is the one thing that will push us away. Pride pushes us away from people and it pushes us away from God. So we got to get off that ride of pride. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 talks about the fruit of the flesh in our life, that it says our selfish, indulgent nature shows itself in conflict. It, it shows itself in conflict, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, causing division among people and the feeling that everyone is wrong except for those in your little group. Does this sound familiar? Is this not the the natural way that we tend to go if we're not allowing the fruit of the Spirit of God to, to rule and reign in our lives? If we take that ride of pride, we're going down the pathway that results in the fruit of the flesh in our life that Galatians talks about. So number one, don't take the ride of pride. Number two, choose to be humble so you don't stumble. (laughs) We're going to be rhyming a lot today, so it'll help you remember. So don't take the ride of pride and choose to be humble so you don't stumble. You know, just the opposite of pride and humility draws us closer to God. Just the opposite of pride is humility. And that's the thing that draws us closer to God and draws us closer to others. Humility is, I simply put, I love this definition, humility is not thinking less of ourselves, but it's thinking of ourselves less. Isn't that so good? It's not thinking less of ourselves. It's not insecurity, but it's thinking of ourselves less. It's being humble, coming in with a humble spirit. Humility begins in the heart. It's the lens in which we see people through. It's like these new glasses that I have on today. I can see clearly because I have the right prescription. Well, God has given us the right prescription right here in Philippians of how to see people. And it's through the lens of humility. It's the way that the perspective that we have of people, we put them on a a higher level than we put ourselves. We honor people. God created every single person. In fact, his thumbprint is upon their lives. They're created imago Dei, in the image of God. Every person has value. So through humility, we think less of ourselves. We don't think less of ourselves, but we think of other, of ourselves less. <laughs> it gets confusing. Humility is not thinking less of ourselves. It's thinking of ourselves less. If I'm not humble in my relationships, they will start to crumble because that is a foundation for a great relationship is to have humility and come in with that. Philippians 2.3 again says, do, don't do anything from selfish ambition or vain conceit. Instead, be humble and give more honor to others than to yourself. So perfectly written. Humility is probably the most misunderstood quality that we need in life. It's the opposite of what our culture pushes. Humility is thinking of yourself less. How do we walk into a room? 
when we walk into a room, do we are we thinking of how we look and what are th- are people going to think of us? When we walk into that room, are we so focused on ourselves? Or do we walk into that room focused outward, looking, thinking less of ourselves and thinking more of those that are in that room? How can I love the person that I'm getting ready to walk into this room? How can I express the love of Jesus? How can I express the hope that is found in Jesus? How can I express the peace that is found in Jesus? When we see people through this lens of humility, we see them as valuable and we honor them. When we walk into a room, we see others and we're thinking of them more than we're thinking of ourselves. It's the opposite of what our culture teaches us. But God's ways are not our ways, and His thoughts are not our thoughts. And that's why we have the Word of God, His love letter to us, so that we can understand His thoughts towards us. Humility has really nothing to do with what you think of yourself. It's what you think of other people. I love this. Humble people build other people up. Great people make people feel great. And little people be little people. (laughs) This is so good. I'll just say it one more time so you can write it down. Humble people build other people up. Great people make people feel great. But little people be little people. The Bible says instead be humble and give more honor to others than to yourself. Humility is not devaluing me. It's valuing others more. Why should I be humble? Because the Bible has all kinds of promises that are, that are going to come about in our life if we apply this virtue to our life of humility. God says, I will give you my presence if you're humble. If you're humble, I will give you my power. If you're humble, I will give you my peace. If you're humble, I will make you prosperous. If you're humble, I will make you successful. And if you're humble, I will give you great honor. The Bible says if you humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God, then he will lift you up. We can trust him as we walk in humility. God says, James 4, 6, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We need grace in our life and we sure don't need to be opposed by God. We want grace in our life. Grace is the ability to forgive when I don't feel like forgiving. Grace is the ability to resolve conflict with my my husband or with my wife or my children or my, my siblings when I don't feel like it. That's grace. Grace is the ability to compromise. Grace is the ability to get along with people. Grace is the ability to build a strong relationship when everything we want to, is around us is trying to tear down our marriage or tear down our family relationships or tear down our relationships with our friendships. Grace is the ability to build strong relationships. So we don't want to be opposed to God through our pride. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We need to focus on that and remember that in our lives. So we can't take the right of pride 
but we've got to take the pathway of humility. You need grace. I need grace. It's the only way that we can be humble in the life that God has called us to. And number three that Paul has given us here in Philippians chapter two is find redemption by paying attention. Find redemption by paying attention. You know, in the, the life that we have here, if we're going to be happy and happy in our relationships, we're going to have to be focused and paying more attention to those that are around us. You know, we live in a world where ADD, ADD is, is a huge thing, and, and I'm not saying that it's not. I know that it is a real thing, and I know that many of our, our young people and many of our children have it, but we have, in this culture, we have a lot of devices that distract us, right? We're looking down a lot of the time. We're focused on this little thing in our hand a lot of the time. In fact, you walk around the mall, you walk around the neighborhood, you walk around the school, a lot of times you're just seeing people looking at their phones. What about when you're going out to eat and you look around the restaurant? How many people are looking down at their phone? You know, we're at, at, we have an attention deficit disorder in our culture. We are focused on this little thing that man has created a lot more than we are focused on the thing that God has created. And those are the people around us. And so we need to find redemption by paying attention. Um, our tools and technology have really caused us to no longer pay attention to those that are around us and the things that are most important to us. It's the lost art of paying attention. It's like an old school thing to actually pay attention to each other and to listen and to focus in. But God has called us to this kind of life. You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, we were at a restaurant recently uh, with our son Luke in Nashville. It's called Monell's. And there's a sign on the door, please put your phone away. It's not allowed at the table. And you have the best conversation. You sit at this big, long table with people all around you from all different parts of the world even. And you're having conversation and you're not looking down at your phone. You're paying attention attention to what's going on in their lives. Uh, Philippians 2.4 says, don't be interested only in your own life, but be interested in what concerns others too. It's so easy in our world to just get focused on me and what's important to me and the things I need to get done, knocking off my list, getting things done in, in our lives and not paying attention to those around us. You know, this is a simple but powerful tool when it comes to our homes and our families, our relationships with our husband, with our wife, with our children, just to pay attention and to recognize what's going on in their lives and to be interested in what's going on in their lives. There's a word for that. It's called love. That's love. When we pay attention, there's redemption when we pay attention. There's another word for that, and it's called humility. Thinking less about myself and focusing less on myself, but focusing on others. That's the thing that builds relationships in our life. This is what Paul is talking about. The greatest gift you can give somebody is your attention, because your attention is 
your time. And your time is your life. You're never going to get it back. It's the greatest gift that we can give to someone. So don't be interested in just your own life. Be interested in the lives of others and care about those around you. You know, we can't listen without paying attention. Some, well, actually, we can act like we're listening, but we're actually not really paying attention. We have to really listen if we're going to pay attention. You know, I've heard it said over the past couple of years, over and over again, because we've lost so many people during this pandemic, but I've heard it over and over again. I wish I would have just paid more attention. I wish I would have listened closer to what they were saying. I wish I would have written some things down. I wish I would have recorded some things. I just wish I would have been paying more attention. Well, we have today, and we can start today, right? To pay more attention because there's redemption when we pay attention. There's redemption, there's hope for our relationships. There's love in our relationships when we just pay attention to what is right in front of us. You know, it can be our prayer. Lord, just help me pay more attention. I think we could all say that could be a prayer for our lives. Help us to be less ADD and help us to pay more attention to those that are around us and listen to what's going on in your life. And number four in this chapter in Philippians is uh, how we can walk this path of humility and harmony in our lives is number four is ask what would Jesus do? I know it sounds trite, right? The bracelets that, that say WWJD, actually they're pretty profound. <laughs> it's almost very difficult to ask yourself that question. What would Jesus do? One of the simplest of questions, but one of the most difficult to apply to our lives. Philippians 2.5 says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Our attitude would, should be the same of Christ Jesus. So if we really care about the relationships in our lives and we want to lower the conflict and raise the harmony in our lives, we're going to have to have humility and walk as Jesus did. We can't take the ride of pride and, and we can't, we've got to choose to always be humble and take that way so that we don't stumble and we've got to earn redemption by paying attention because these are the things that Jesus did in our lives. In every situation, that's what Jesus did. Jesus paid attention. He walked the humble way. He never took the ride of pride. It's the way that we live and walk in our lives. and It's not the way that we talk that really counts in the kingdom of God. We can say we believe these things, but it's the way that we walk them out in our lives. It's the way that we activate this humility and this harmony in our life and the way that we do what Jesus did. John 13, 15, Jesus said, I have set the example and you should do for each other exactly what I have done for you. He set the example for us. He laid it all out for us. And it's not the easy road. It's not the easy path. But we have to ask ourselves the question. In fact, it's countercultural. But what would Jesus do? Here are some, several things that 
Jesus would do when it looks like Jesus, when it, what does it look like to be like Jesus and act like Jesus? Number one, I don't demand what I think I deserve. Philippians 2, 6 through 7. Though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God. In fact, he emptied himself of all he had. That's absolutely against our culture. He gave all that he had for us. And you know what? If we were brought up here in America, in the United States of America, we're kind of taught the opposite way. It's, it's like, I have my rights, and I have my right to do this. And it's absolutely the way our culture is going right now. I have my rights. I have my right to believe the way I want to believe and do whatever I want to do. You know what? That is not the way that Jesus taught us. Jesus taught us humility, and He taught us that He that we can't that He we should not demand, but He gives us what we deserve. But Jesus showed us the better way. There's a better way to get your needs met, and for us to get our needs met, there's there's a better way. In fact, demanding just makes people resistant towards us. Have you ever noticed that? That just makes them resistant. And angry towards us when we demand our way. Don't treat people how they treat you, but treat people how God treats you. Don't treat people the way that they treat you or what you think they deserve. Treat people the way that God treats you. And the way that He has treated us is not necessarily something we deserve, but it's a gift of humility that He's given to us. If we are understanding, we will not be demanding in the way that we live. Number two, I look for ways that I can serve. This is what Jesus did. Philippians 2.7, Jesus took on the nature of a servant, becoming a human just like us. God's value system is exactly the opposite of what our culture teaches. You look at someone like Mother Teresa. She gave her life helping the least influential people in the world. Beggars dying in Calcutta. But God raised her up to be an influence around the world. We have all been impacted by the life of Mother Teresa. But she was just a humble woman being the hands and the feet of Jesus. She was serving. Those that are around me that are the greatest servants are those that I look up to the most. I wish I could be more like them. People in our church that give of themselves, it amazes me. My friend Deb that hosts our online service, she gives of herself in her difficulty, in her pain, in situations that she's going through that are very difficult. She's not going to give up and she presses in and she serves every single Sunday. That is, is inspiring to me. That's the way I want to live. When I see people that uh, serve like in the parking lot, our friend Jarrett that serves in the parking lot every single Sunday, welcoming people to church, just serving, giving of his time. This is a high capacity person that is giving of his time to love people and to share the, the love and the joy of Jesus with people as they come to our church for the very first time. I think of Megan and Jet that is there behind the production booth, how they give of their time. Megan for years has given of her time to serve the Lord Jesus with her gifts and her talents. 
This is the way I look up to those people. I, I place them in such high value in my mind and I want to be like those people. These are teenagers. These are young people that are giving and serving. This is the way of God because the way up is down in God's culture. The way up is down in serving and loving. And that's what Jesus taught us. And number three is I do what's right even when it's painful. Philippians 2.8 says, While living as a man, Jesus humbled himself even more by being fully obedient to God, even when that meant his death on a cross. Jesus was the ultimate role model of humility. And there's a reward with that. Because Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, Because of this, God exalted Jesus to the highest honor, and he made his name greater than any other name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will one day bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, giving glory to God the Father. When Jesus died on that cross, He had his focused attention on what was ahead of him. He laid down his very life, something that was unimaginably painful in his life. But he gave his all because he was focused on you and I. He was focused on us so that we might have relationship with God. And because of that, his name is the name above every other name. And one day, when we all get to heaven, We will know and we will worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the name above every other name. The man that came to this earth, God-man came to this earth, humbled himself even to death on the cross. He is the one we worship and we adore. And one day, every single knee will bow before him. Every person that you can think of right now that you think is at the the top of their game, the, the most powerful person in the world, will one day bow before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and that is Jesus Christ. He humbled himself and he laid out the pathway for us, how that we can have the greatest relationships in our life. And it's through humility that we find harmony in our relationships and it's through harmony in our relationships that we truly find happiness in our life and these are the reasons we can find the habits of happiness not they don't come from external things they come from internal things the God is teaching us that the pathway is through humility let's pray together Father, thank you so much for your word to us through the Apostle Paul that he pinned in a prison cell. He knew what it was like to find true happiness, to find true peace, and that was through the pathway of humility. God, I pray that we would find that true humility and that harmony and that happiness in our everyday life, God. May we walk with humility so that you might raise us up, God, to make a difference in this world. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We thank you for your word to us. We thank you how it guides and directs our paths. If you've never 
had a true personal relationship with Jesus Christ, what I was just talking about a moment ago, when one day we will all stand before Him and we'll have to give an account of our lives. And the only reason God will allow us into heaven is by having a true relationship with Jesus and the blood shed upon the cross for our sin. If you've never had that relationship with Jesus Christ or no one's ever invited you to, to join in that relationship with Him, I'd love to do that today. And you can do this by simply praying this very simple prayer. Just pray this prayer after me. Father, I admit that I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. Thank you for sending Jesus to become the sacrifice for my sin as He died on the cross for my sin. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I accept your forgiveness into my life. And I trust you that you will be the Lord and the Savior of my life all the days of my life. Thank you that when I stand before you one day, God, you will take me into heaven because of what Jesus has done for me. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And we will look forward to seeing you back next week as we continue our series, The Habits of Happiness. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.